0: Welcome, everybody, to our weekly Torah podcast. This week's Torah portion is Parsha's Lech Lecha. This podcast is dedicated in the memory of Harold Pasternak, Herschel Ben David, father of our good friend, Michael Pasternak. This week's Parsha, the Torah begins the saga of our forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, the forefathers of the Jewish people. It's quite interesting, the fact that, you know, usually... Father, the forefather of our nation in America, for example, people would say George Washington. The Jewish people don't only have one forefather, though. We have three forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. And the rabbis explained to us, the understanding behind this is that each of the forefathers had a specific characteristic, a that they put into the pot, so to say. And it's, it's that pot that, that, that makes the Jewish people. The Jewish people have the spiritual genes of each of the forefathers, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov, as well as the genes of our mothers, the matriarchs, Sarah, Rivka, Rachel, and Leah. And the Torah tells us what was unique about these people, Avram, Yitzchak, and Yaakov. In our parsha, we meet with our, for, the first of the forefathers, Avram, Abraham. The Mishnah Pirkei Avos tells us that our forefather Avram was challenged with esurim ten different challenges and he stood up in the face of all ten of these different challenges. The mission doesn't tell us exactly what those challenges were, and as a matter of fact, there's actually a difference of opinion among some of the the commentaries as to what exactly were these challenges. But what's unique among the challenges, as Rav Dessler explains in Mihtav Me'liyahu, that a challenge goes against something which is in our nature. We'll see how each of the forefathers was challenged specifically in something which was their nature. Now Avram is considered to be the first Jew. We often say that Avram was the first Jew because he's the first person that recognized Hashem, that recognized God on his own. Now that's not 100% accurate because we do find in the Torah there are several individuals before Avram who also had relationships with Hashem. The very first human being, Odom, spoke to God several times. His son, Cain after he killed Hevel, the Torah tells us that, again, there was conversation between God and Hevel. Later on, the Torah tells regarding Hanoch. The Hanoch walked together with God before Hashem. He had a relationship with God. Noach, the Torah tells us, discussion, conversation between God and Noach. Clearly, all these people recognized Hashem if they had a conversation with Him. So Avram couldn't have been the first person to recognize God. It's just by the time Avram came about, 20 generations after Adam, at that time the world was almost completely polytheistic. They all believed in idolatry. And Avram, by virtue of his own searching and logic, came to the conclusion that there had to be a supreme being, divine being, Hashem. And once he came to that understanding, he didn't just keep that understanding to to himself, he went and wanted to share with everybody else also. And Avram made it his mission to go around the world spreading the ideas of monotheism. Rashi tells us in the Posseg, that they went and brought the souls that they had made in Haran. Rashi says what that means to say is Avram would go out and bring proselytize, so to say, to the men and Sarah would go and proselytize to the women. Now this does not necessarily mean to say that they made these people Jewish. That's not the Jewish way to go out and make everybody else the world Jewish. But at that time, Avram Avram represented the idea of monotheism and the seven Noahide laws. And Avram went to teach all of humanity what these laws were all about. The concept itself, the very idea of monotheism. They spread that. And it wasn't merely because he was trying to gain points with Hashem, as it were. Avram did this because he was a caring person. Avram is personified by the midah of chesed, kindness, concern. He shared that concern with all of mankind. And because of that, he wanted to share with them the belief. He didn't want them to transgress. He wanted to share, them with, the, share with them the belief of monotheism. The way he did, the rabbis tell, tell us, is through acts of kindness. Avram was known for his hospitality. Wherever people were, they knew they could always get, get a place to stay in the tent of our forefather, Avraham. Jew or non-Jew alike, obviously there weren't too many Jews at the time, he was the first Jew, but it made no difference, even if he's an idolater. They couldn't bring their idolatry into his tent, perhaps. We find later on that the three angels came, appeared, they appeared like like wanderers, like Arabs, He thought they were idolaters. And he had them wash their feet before he came into his house, so as not to bring idolatry into his house. But nevertheless, he was there because he cared about people, and when people would come to him he would, and they would thank him, he would say, don't thank me, thank the Almighty, and thereby teach them the ideas of a single supreme being. So Avram was the first Jew because he recognized God and he shared that belief in God to other people through acts of kindness. Now we find Avram was challenged, as I said, with 10 different challenges. The Torah introduces a challenge, first of all, and the parsha tells us, Hashem tells them, I want you to leave your land, your birthplace, the house of your father, to the land that I will show you. And that what that means to say is, yeah, you know, despite the fact that he had an elderly father, Terach, at home, Hashem tells him, I want you to go to the place that I'm going to be sending you right now. He didn't even tell him where he's going right now he was to leave his homeland. At the time, this may have seemed somewhat cruel, but nevertheless, that was the challenge. The challenge, it went against Avram's nature. Avram, the man who showed kindness to everybody else, here he's being asked to go and show some element of cruelty to his own father. This would show that Avram's kindness was not merely a manifestation of his own nature, but his kindness is because he wanted to fulfill the will of Hashem certainly he was a kind person also. But he didn't just do kindness because that was his nature. And indeed, if the Almighty would ask him to do something that that would run contrary to his nature, he would do it just as quickly. And therefore, when Avram was told to leave his father's home, he did it without questioning him at all. We find this idea throughout several of the tests that Avram faced, how it went directly in opposition to his nature. We find that his brother, after his brother Haran had died, Avram adopted his son Lot and raised him in his own home. And although Lot absorbed some of the actions of his uncle, we see next week's Torah portion that he remained a very hospitable person, even in the midst of Sodom and Gomorrah, which were known for their inhospitality and for their cruelty. But nevertheless, though he was not, he was not Avram. And despite the fact that Avram invested a tremendous amount into him and shared even his material possessions with Lot, the Torah tells us that when they are both wealthy, and then there there was a dispute, discord between the two between the two shepherds, the shepherds of Avram and the shepherds of Lot. Avram tells them that they should split ways. So to be able to maintain peace, it wouldn't be healthy staying so close together because they're both wealthy and they step over each toes, each other's toes. So the Torah tells us that Lot looks up and sees the beautiful pasture land of Sodom and Amorah. And he says, I'll go over there. Despite the fact, the Torah tells us immediately after that, the Sodom, Roy They were very, very sinful. Very, the people of Sodom and Gomorrah were wicked in the eyes of Hashem. That didn't seem to bother Lot. And he picked himself up and went to the house uh, went, left the house of Avram to move to Sodom and Gomorrah. You can only imagine this must have been a tremendously great disappointment to Avram. He had invested so much in his nephew and really wanted to be able to shower. He had no children of his own. He really wanted to shower him with all the love and the ideas that he had expressed to other people. And here Lot turned his back on Avram and all of his teachings to move to Sodom and Gomorrah. Yet we see afterwards, the Torah tells us that there was a civil war between Sodom and Gomorrah, which were a part of a group of five kingdoms, against another group of four kings. And the, the four kings captured Lot during the course of war. The major tells they he did this because they wanted to try to entice Avram to come into war and they do be able to battle with Avram and his beliefs. As soon as Avram heard that his nephew Lot had been captured, he dropped everything and brought his 318 disciples and went to war to save his nephew Lot. He was successful at war. And they won the battle. He won the war, as a matter of fact, for the five kings, and he saved Lot. Here we see again. This is one of the challenges that Avram faced. Despite the fact that Lot had gone against everything that he had that Avram had professed belief, and it may have been difficult, perhaps, to stand up on it, on on Lot's behalf. That's exactly what he did, though. The challenge was to see what he'd do what was the right thing, even if it came difficult to him. Lot was certainly a disappointment, but he was challenged to see if he would still stand up for his nephew, and indeed he did. He stood up and and saved his nephew, despite the fact that even after he saved him, we don't find any, any, any issue at all or any matter of Lot coming back to the house of Avram. Interesting to note, later on, the grandchildren of Lot, the people of Ammon and Moab, The Torah tells us they're not to be allowed to marry into the mainstream of the Jewish community. The reason being because the Jewish people came to them in the desert, they refused to greet them with food and drink. This despite the fact that their own grandfather, Lot, had been raised in the house of Avram, who was the epitome of hospitality. So Lot really wasn't much before Avram saved him, and it didn't really turn into much after Avram had saved him either, for that matter. But nevertheless, Avram still stood up to save him, to do whatever he could to be able to save the life of his nephew, Lot. Later we find, next to Torah portion, that after his son Yitzchak was born and his son Yishmoel from his wife Hagar, Avram had two wives, and a concubine Hagar who bore him a child, Yishmoel, And then he had, his, from his wife Sarah, she bore him eventually Yitzchak. And when Yitzchak was born, he saw that or Sarah saw that Ishmael was, was not a good influence on Yitzchak. And she turned to Avram and said, you have to send him away. Send away the son of his maidservant because he's not a good influence on my son. And my son will ultimately be your, your primary heir. The Torah tells Avraham. This was very difficult in the eyes of Avraham. This was his son that he loved. Later, by the Kedas Yitzchak, by the Binding Yitzchak, we see the Midrash tells us that Avram admitted that he loved them both the same, Yishmael and Avram. He loved them both the same. Nevertheless, Hashem tells them, whatever Sarah tells you, Tishma bakola, Sarah understands better over here what's good and what's not good for your son, for Yitzchak, and she tells you to send away Yishmael, You should listen to her. Again, this is very difficult for Avram. Lavan was the man of compassion, the man of love. This was his own son. And yet here he's being told to send away his son because that's the will of Hashem. And he stands up and he fulfills his challenge too. He accomplished. He does what he's supposed to do. That case Yitzchak itself. The son Yitzchak they had waited for for a hundred years till the son had been born. The apple of his eye for the first 37 years of his life. And now after 37 years, the only child that is the primary heir that Hashem promised would be his successor. And all of a sudden, Hashem turns and tells him, I want you to take your son, your only son, the son that you love, Yitzchak, but I want you to bring him to me as a sacrifice. We can only imagine the difficulty this must have been to Avram. The son that he loved more than life itself. The son that is only son from his beloved wife, Sarah. And now he's being told to sacrifice his son? This would once again show that Avram was his, his compassionate nature his love, was not merely because that, that, that was because that was his nature. If Hashem were to tell him to go against his nature, he would listen to him just as easily. And indeed, he was willing to go sacrifice his son. This ultimate challenge that he had to face. So that's to understand the whole concept itself of a challenge. In life, Hashem sends all of us challenges. Matter of fact, some of the Muslims tell us we all go through 10 challenges in our life. And the, li- the challenge are not just to see if it's, but to see to do something that we want to do anyway. The challenge to see if we can go against our nature, to break our nature if necessary, to do what Hashem wants us to do. That's why it's interesting. One of the Bali Muslims say in the beginning of the Torah portion this week, Hashem tells them, Lech lecha you to leave your land, your homeland, your father's house and go to the place that I will show you. Now chronologically, it should have been said in the other order. First you leave the house, then the city, then the country. Hashem first telling him here to leave the country, the homeland, and then it says leave your father's house. So the reason for that is because it's not growing in chronological order, it's going in order of difficulty. It's perhaps most difficult to leave the father's house. And therefore, the Torah tells, leave not only your country, which is difficult enough, but even your city, your homeland, which is more difficult, and even the house of your father, which is most difficult. That's what the Torah's telling us in that order. But then Hashem tells him, to go for your it'll be beneficial for you. You'll go, and I will make you into a great nation. But will bless you make your name great, you'll be the source of blessing. So Hashem is telling him, it might be difficult, but don't you do it because you'll benefit from it. You'll gain from it. Now, despite the fact that the Torah tells us he's going to gain from it, when it comes to going, Avram went like Hashem told him. Why does it add that like Hashem told him? He went. The explanation of commentaries say is because he went not because he wanted the promise of blessing and wealth and fame. He went because that was the will of Hashem. Ultimately, that's what we have to do. We fulfill the will of Hashem, even though we know that it might be for our benefit also. But we do it because of our love for Hashem, because that's what Hashem wants. That's the ultimate goal—to do what Hashem wants for us. That's 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 what Avram did it like that also. Avram was the man of Chesed, the man of kindness. But his kindness wasn't just because he had a soft spot in his heart. Wasn't just because that was his nature to be a kindly person. He was a, he was a he did act with chesed because that was the will of Hashem. Hashem wanted him to act with chesed, and if the situation were to arise that Hashem would want to do something contrary to his nature, he'd be willing to do that also, just as easily, just as well, just as quickly. Ultimately, it was that idea, that the emphasis that he had placed in being able to fulfill the will of Hashem like this, for the sake of Hashem. That's ultimately what made him the first Jew and allow them to be able to put the plant those genes into that pot, so to say, into the bowl that would ultimately become the Jewish people. The gene pool that would make up the Jewish people, which is comprised of the chesed of Avram. And next week we'll see the gvura, the the self, the self, the working on oneself, self-improvement of Yitzchak, and ultimately the glory, teferis, and truth of Yaakov. Have a great week, everybody, and we hope to see you again next week.